so we've been in the series called Blueprint. Say Blueprint. Um, and so this is the word that we got uh, in our uh, retreat. We got away together. And it's really uh, the blueprint we believe is very significant for this year. It is um, understanding um, how to follow God in his way, uh, how, to, um, how to see the plan for our lives and the unique purpose that God's given us. Uh, blueprint is a unique plan created for you and through you. It literally is a plan of action for your life. So let me just get right to it. If you wanna, uh, we've already been in two uh, messages already in this series, so you can go back and listen to the first two if you missed it. I wanted to, in those first two messages, I wanna kind of entice you for the first message of what Blueprint is. That we wanna talk about that. And then last week, um, we talked about uh, this kind of really cool three-step process that God gives us to, to get to the, the door, which is ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. And, um, and so we, we, I was encouraging you this, this last week to begin to ask God, like pray, um, start 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 asking him um, about things maybe you've never asked him about before um, because we're seeing that that is the key to getting us to the door of our blueprints. And I believe that the plan for your life is revealed through the doorway of faith, the doorway of faith. So this, the whole three-step process, ask, seek, and knock, gets us to the door and, and what it is, is once you get to that door, it, it, you, you'll get an inkling. You'll get a, uh, an idea. You'll, you'll have a feeling. And that could, you know, it could be like, oh man, I feel like, I feel like I need to go back to school. I feel like, God, I think I have an idea, right? It's like all of a sudden you've been asking God and seeking him and all of a sudden, I, and here's the idea. And all of a sudden you're, you have this great feeling and then all of a sudden you start doing a little more research and you pray a little more and that inkling and idea and feeling gets stronger and then you get some good counsel and wisdom and now it's time to take some action. Now it's time to exercise your faith. Yay. We all love this part, Right? When you begin to do something that makes you a bit nervous or even terrifies you, but you know it's God. You ever been there? Like, you, you're like, oh man, I, I know God's confirmed it. I know God's speaking to me. And all of a sudden you're like, uh, okay, now here's where the rubber hits the road. Now I've noticed a common theme when this happens. And by the way, it's also discovering your, your blueprint, your unique blueprint. Many times, and maybe you can agree with me, it comes out of a moment of desperation. Whenever, you know, because remember, you've been asking, you've been praying for something to change. You, you want something to change. You might be sick and tired of being stuck. Your, your blueprint, it seems like it's being delayed. The, the work is not in progress anymore. It's kind of just stuck. And so you prayed and you feel, and all of a sudden you, you, you become desperate and then we have this opportunity out of desperation. I just, I just wrote this. Your desperation is an opportunity for a brand new revelation. Your desperation is an opportunity for a brand new revelation. It is. It, it's all of a sudden the light bulb goes on. Like Thomas Edison, you know, it is 1,000, you know, patents. I mean, he just had light bulb after light bulb after light bulb, no pun intended. But again, illuminated this, this, this blueprint of his life that just kept going and going. And it's no different for all of us. But out of that desperation, we don't know what to do, so we have a simple choice to make, and that is to do the best thing, to call out to God for help. And this is the moment where faith kicks in. Now, I believe you don't have to wait for times of desperation to use your faith. I think you can just practice it and throughout your life, you'll just get really good at it because faith is the key to the blueprint. I'll say it this way. Faith is the doorway to your future. Faith is the very doorway to your future. See, love and grace got you to the doorway of faith. But here's the key word today, but believing get you through the door. Remember, love and grace got you to the door, right? 
all God's goodness, people loving on you, the, the, the creation, looking at creation. I mean, you name it, all of a sudden you're like, man, there, there just might be a God. And next thing you, know, you find yourself at church and you gave your heart to the Lord or however it happened for you. And that was God's love and grace that got you to the door. Always God's love and grace that gets you to the door. But your believing gets you through the door. And here's, here's the verse, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It says it right here. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It says, for it is by grace you've been saved through, look at that, through faith, through a doorway or over a threshold, through faith, and it is not from, by, from yourselves, it's a gift from God. So obviously faith is a gift from God, but guess what? What happened was you and I simply believed, and when we believed, we stepped through the door. True? That's what we read right there. Just wanna, I wanna differentiate these two because a lot of times we don't really understand what faith or believing is. We've, it's kind of been, we just so many words about it. I wanna try to make it simple today. But today I wanna, I wanna help you unlock your faith. I want you to believe again and then I want you to believe again. And then I want you to believe again because we know it's a journey. Faith is, is the door and believing is the choice to walk through it. You guys get that? Faith is the door and believing is the choice to walk through it. So God says, the Bible says that God has given every single person a measure of faith. I mean, they prove it scientifically. They put, they put electrodes up to the to a person's brain, uh, my whatever, and, and they and they uh, did tests and they found out that there's a certain part of the brain or in your mind that responds to faith, which again, proves that verse, that every single person has an ability to believe, but they have a doorway of faith given to them by God, every person. That's why he said, I desire that none should perish, but all come to God. Why? Because they have faith. But not everybody chooses to use the door. Not everybody chooses to walk through that door, true? Not everyone chooses to believe. Again, faith is a doorway, believing is a choice. But when a person believes, there are clear signs and amazing results that follow. Signs and wonders follow those who believe. Say believe. So we're switching kind of from faith to believe because that's, that's the action of or walking through the door. Everything we will ever accomplish, please hear this, within our blueprint comes from believing. Now, this, this statement I just made is gonna make some people really mad. <laughs> I hope it doesn't, but this is the truth. Jesus preached it. God says it, that everything that comes from our blueprint comes through believing. I just wanna help you believe today. I wanna believe more today. Believing unlocks the destiny. It is how your blueprint comes to life. Believing is simply the practice of our faith. So prior to that vision retreat, this verse kept coming up. And, uh, and it's interesting that, that's, that the number of this verse correlates to this year. It's 2 Chronicles 20, 20. This is a staple verse today. And um, again, I didn't plan this. This, this wasn't, uh, this is not, I don't think it's a coincidence. I just think that this is 2 Chronicles 20, 20. But in it, you guys, in it, you will discover something so powerful. Early the next morning, I'll give you the, the story behind it in a moment. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, King Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, and here it is, believe in the Lord your God and you'll be able to stand firm, believe in his prophets and you will succeed. Say believe. It's right there, and, 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 and you're showing us something that is telling us how to m keep moving forward in life and how to see the blueprint of our life revealed. Now, let me give you the brief story about this truth that we're, that we're reading right here. This, if you read Second uh, Chronicles um, probably 17 all the way to 20, you're gonna see what I call a tale of two blueprints. It's a story of two kings. Very quickly, God's kids were divided into two lands, Israel and Judah. There was division. Uh, King Ahab was the ruler of Israel. 
and King Jehoshaphat was ruler over Judah. They were both called by God to follow God and his plan, but only one did, King Jehoshaphat. King Ahab, if you, if you know anything about King Ahab, he was married to Jezebel. And if you've, you've probably heard that name before. Um, she, uh, she was uh, a wicked, wicked um, uh, helpmate, <laughs> not really a helpmate to a king that was called by God. This was a Jewish king, King Ahab. This was, this was, this was one of God's people right here. But, but King Ahab uh, did not follow God's way. Um, he, he, he was great at making business transactions, King Ahab. He conquered more land than any other king, but he would not, he would not follow God. He, he would attempt to follow his own way. So let me show you, this was a selfie. This is the only selfie I could find of, of King Ahab. Um, I don't know why he took that, but it's hard to find video from, uh, you know, that, that far back. I don't know why. It's difficult. I, can't, I searched everywhere on the internet. I couldn't find it. But this was the only one I could find. This is, um, so do, just imagine, this is King Ahab. Look at that face, you guys. Now, I've had that face before, to be honest with you. I've, I've lived that. Have anybody lived this day? Have anybody had this day right here? <laughs> that, that, that. That face speaks a, a ton right there. This is a rendering of, of King Ahab, um, and I think it's an accurate drawing of someone who follows their own way, stressed, depressed, worried, a little bit confused and crazy-eyed. Now, again, I think we've all been there. <laughs> we looked in the mirror, and if you, if you, ever, if you ever, by the way, if you ever wanna find out how your life is, the Bible says, as water reflects face, so the heart reflects the person. So I just simply have to look in the mirror and think, how many more wrinkles am I creating up here? Um, or am I smiling? Am I joyful? So that's how you kind of figure out where you're at in life. Just look at your face. Go Look in the mirror. Ahab had a great way of manipulating situations and people. He was always making deals that would benefit him and give him the credit. And it seemed to be working, but in the end, his success was short-lived and had no substance behind it. His life ended in defeat. God's blueprint for his life never unfolds. His life could be summed up in this way, and I, I just wrote it this way. Ahab wanted the hand of God, but not the heart of God. He wanted the hand of God, and please hear this, because this really, this really uh, uh, separates the sheep from the goat, <laughs> right? He wanted the hand of God and not the heart of God. But King Jehoshaphat, on the other hand, followed God and enjoyed the benefits of it. He finds himself in a pickle. And there's where we get this verse. You can take that face down. That's, that's disturbing. So he, he finds himself in a pickle. He's surrounded by his enemy. He's feeling the pressure. He doesn't know what to do. And he has a choice to make. He can make a deal with the enemy. That's what Ahab always made a deal with the enemy. God said, don't do it. And Ahab says, you know what? I'll just make a deal with them. We'll buddy up together. And now Ahab's got all these enemies around him and kind of his buddies, but they're not. So all of a sudden, King Jehoshaphat is, is, has a decision to make. Do I buddy up with my enemies? Or do I do what God wants me to do? And so he chooses to not only believe in the Lord, but to believe in the prophets. And this is what you're gonna hear in the next few weeks to come. Because what we're doing is we're laying a foundation. He says, first of all, believe in the Lord and you'll stand firm. This is so important for this year and the rest of your life is to understand how to believe in the Lord and stand firm for the rest of your days. And then he goes in, but then he goes in, but then believe in the prophets and then you'll succeed. Believe in the prophets and your unique blueprint will come to life. Believe in the prophets and your destiny will be discovered. That's what he's saying. So they're surrounded by the enemies instead of making a deal with the enemies like Ahab did. Jehoshaphat asked God what to do. It's so simple. He just simply asks God, what shall we do? And then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God comes on this guy named Jehaziel, and, and he says, this is what we do. And then King Jehoshaphat believes it. And that's where this verse comes into play. We just read 2 Chronicles 20, 20. He says, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna believe in the Lord. We're gonna stand firm. We're gonna believe in the prophets, and we'll have success. 
So now King Jehoshaphat believes. He wouldn't say it if he didn't believe it. And, and because of that, they found victory over the enemy. And here's the here's only picture I could find of, of King Jehoshaphat right here. This was somebody standing here with a camera. And look at him. Look at the difference, my friends. Look at, look at King Jehoshaphat. He's like, oh my goodness, what do I do? I'm in a pickle. Do I do it, what King Ahab does? And when King Ahab made a deal, he actually had success. But it really wasn't true success. So he goes, I'm gonna trust God. And look at that face. Wouldn't you love to live that way all the time? The reason why he lived that way, lives that way, is because he believed. He believed. He stepped through the doorway of faith. He took action. He said the right thing. He became one of the country's most successful leaders for the simple reason he believed and he followed the blueprint of God and was rewarded for doing so. You know why? Because he wanted the heart of God. He wanted the heart of God. Jehoshaphat was understanding what was important. By the way, following God's plan is proof of believing. So way to go today, you guys. Way to go. You weathered the storm. You're putting your faith into action. You're believing. You wouldn't come here if you didn't believe in your heart that God had something to say to you. Like, you know, you're like, man, I just need to get to church today. I'm not saying that there's no condemnation for anybody who's at home. Sometimes, you know, you just can't get out of your driveway. You know, you, you want to be safe, and I get that. But there's something that happens when someone says, you know what, I want a new revelation. I need, some, I need something presented to me that I can believe again. So believing unlocks your destiny. It is how your blueprint unfolds. And I've found that there are three types of believe. There's three types of believe. And this is very important. There's believe, there's believe, there's can't believe, and then there's won't believe. God can work with can't believe because that's just like, well, I can't believe God. The one man says, help my unbelief. And Jesus said, no problem, sure. But then there's won't believe. The won't believe, I'm gonna tell you something, God cannot work with won't believe. Because it's different. It's, it's saying, I am unwilling to believe. I'm unwilling. In other words, and it says, I will, King Ahab, do this my own way. Now listen, all of us have done that. <laughs> Come on. All of us have, have probably learned a lesson in our lives, haven't we? Saying, man, I... I thought, I just wanted to go my own way and we found out that it really wasn't the way. That's a, that lesson learned. There's believe, can't believe and won't believe. I just wanna read this. It's not up here, but Psalm 32, eight and nine says, um, I hear the Lord saying, um, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you. This is what God says about, about all of us. I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way. Listen to this. And lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. I love it. Isn't that great? Then he says this. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn. When I take you where you've not been before, don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. Isn't that awesome? That's Psalm 32, 8 and 9. Passion translation. So today, my friends, is an opportunity to make the biggest decision of your life. And that is, will I open my heart and mind to believe or will I not? Ahab was a won't believe in God guy. Jehoshaphat was a believe in God guy. And if they were both standing here today, they were both standing here today, this is what they would say, Second Chronicles 20, 20. The second part, you can go to the second part of Second Chronicles 2020, which is just our phrase. Uh, go to that next part. Believe, let's just say it together. On the count of three, one, two, three, ready? Believe in the Lord your God and you'll be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. I will tell you right now that they would say that emphatically this is what you need to do. 
And this is how the blueprint unfolds, just believing. This verse gives us a roadmap for the year and the years to come. It is the center, the sweet spot, the bullseye to discovering the blueprint. And it all starts with one simple word, believe. Say believe. That word is heard so much in life, but I think many don't really know what it means. Because many, I believe, have developed their own belief system, their own way of believing, and therefore their own way of following God. Say things like, yeah, me and the big man upstairs, we, we got this thing going. I believe right here, we're good. I never have to say a word. This is where God and I are just right, right in my mind. I don't really need the Bible. I don't need church. I've got my own way of believing and therefore my own way of following. Follow a path that seems right to them, but it always ends wrong. Here's the verse in Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Oh, that's so encouraging. It is. Because I'm encouraging you to believe and follow his way. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you that when you follow his way, you will be blessed. And I would just say, turn back to God. Believe and do it his way and experience the power behind believing. So let me just simplify belief today. God has, yes, given us a powerful gift of a doorway of faith, and it is that gift that brings what we cannot see into reality. And we could spend months trying to define and debate faith. What is it? What it isn't? How it works? How it doesn't? What it does? I like, I like things simple. We th I think we think too much about it without just letting faith be faith. I feel bad for faith sometimes. I think faith gets a bad rap. It's miscommunicated, misinterpreted, misrepresented. See, let me just, faith is a simple guy. Just a simple guy. Picture faith for a moment as a simple guy. I, was gonna, I couldn't wear two outfits today, so I kind of went right in between. Faith is, this is what faith looks like. He's wearing flip-flops, shorts, and maybe a Hawaiian shirt. Really easy going, easy to talk to, approachable, and understandable, and therefore desirable. That's faith, right? But here's what we make faith out to be sometimes. We make faith to look like a guy in a three-piece suit, more unapproachable, unreachable, a little too perfect. It looks like a chore, and even an enormous mountain to climb, we try to make a deal with faith, but faith does not want to be just another business transaction. Faith wants simple relationship which tells me that believing just might be a little easier than we think. I just, have, I just feel like believing never comes out of a place of stress and worry. It just, it's almost like it comes out of a, just this easygoing moment where we weren't struggling and trying so hard. Has anybody ever struggled and tried so hard? Like, you know, it's gonna work. I just don't think faith is that way. I think faith is just like, hey, come here. Hey, wasn't Jesus filled with the fullness of the spirit and faith, wasn't he? How can a guy come up to another guy and say, follow me? And they immediately leave their life and follow him. You wouldn't do that to me, as good looking as I am. You wouldn't, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Nancy's not here, she always laughs when I say that. But the truth, listen, here's the truth. Here's the truth. It wasn't good looks. It was just, he was an open book of love and God's grace and faith. And they said, oh my goodness, look into his eyes. He was approachable, he was understandable, it was simple, it wasn't complicated. I just wanna take believing and make it simple, you guys. Look at the definition of believing. 
it, we, we know it means obviously trusting. Trusting is just a, that really is a simple word, isn't it? It's trust, trust. But yet when we say it, we're like, oh man, easier said than done, we say, right? But it really is. A faith, believing is trusting. Believing is being confident in what God says. And believing is seeing the evidence of God. It means fully persuaded, but there's actually a deeper meaning to it, which I love. The deeper meaning of believing is this. It means to persuade in order to make friends. It means to gain one's goodwill. In other words, this is what it means. It means that Jesus would say to you, I wanna persuade you to believe so that I can be your friend. That's that Hawaiian shirt guy, right? That's the flip-flop guy. I just wanna be your friend. That's what believing is, right? But if we have the wrong picture of it, if, we, if we've grown up in a, in maybe in a religious environment where people are saying, well, if you go to, if you are here for every single meeting and every single thing, and you do everything just right and you help the poor and you do all these things and blah, 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 then God will bless you. That means your faith is working. It's not true. It's not true. That, 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 that can be wor- the works of truly believing some of those things, but, it's, but, but we've, got it, we've got it mixed up sometimes. We're trying to so, it's so, with all of our might and performance trying to earn God's favor and his love, we think that's believing, it's not believing. Yeah, so here. But it, it means this, believing is simply this. God wants to get to know you to be your friend. Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that feel really good? Man, have you ever had someone, have you ever had someone uh, come, in other words, he doesn't wanna be another business transaction, which I think a lot of us do. Okay, God, I got 10 things I'm gonna pray about and we need to make this happen. Come on, right, we need to make it happen next week. I need 10 things done. I need all these things done. Come on, God. Have you ever had someone wanna be your friend for some other reason? <laughs> Get something from you? It's a rotten feeling. Believing is pretty simple. Matter of fact, I'm gonna talk about this next week. This, this, is, this is how you know you believe. You'll feel it. You'll feel it. I don't go by my feelings, but I know when I believe, it comes right here in my gut. <laughs> right in here. Is all of a sudden my body, my, like you feel peace. You feel, come on, you know what I'm talking about? I'm so glad God gave us feelings, but the way that you know if you're believing you had some thoughts about something and all of a sudden you're like, and I can prove it all the way through the Bible that when you believe, you're gonna feel it. You're gonna feel it. Like when you believe God loves you and you think about it often, you'll be like, oh, no, I know God loves me because I feel it. Oh, I feel it. I love spending time with him. God, I feel it. I feel you. There's, there's, just remember that. When believing is working, you'll feel it. And that feeling will move you to do something about it. That's all next week. I can't give you the whole, the whole message. It's gonna be good. And when you feel it, you're gonna see evidence. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now faith is the substance of things that were, that were hoped for and the evidence of things that you didn't see before. They weren't seen, but that's what faith is. That's what believing is. When I believed in Jesus, when I started following his way, I began to see the evidence of God in my own life. Number one, my beautiful Emily. I mean, my goodness, if that's not enough evidence for me, I don't know what is. That, that just, <laughs> I know God's real. But let me take a few minutes, I wanna do this as we, as, we, as we end up. Let me take a few minutes for you to question your faith. <gasps> what? Yeah, 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 I want you to question your faith, I do. How dare you say that? Question, yes, yeah, you need to question your faith. <laughs> you do. I, I want y'all to question your faith because that questioning will determine your belief. It's important for you and I to know why we believe. Do you believe because your mom believed? Because your dad believed? Do you believe because your friend believed? Your girlfriend believed, your boyfriend believed. There comes a time in your life when you need to believe, when you and I take ownership of our belief. 
Believing is so important to God that it's the only thing, say only, the only thing he wants you to do. Here's the proof, John 6, 29, look at this. Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. I said, oh, thank you, God. I thought I had to do a thousand works, Joe, a thousand works. I have to do 10,000 works before I can see God. No, 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 no. The only thing God wants you to do is to believe in the one he has sent. I'm so glad he simplified my whole walk with God with that one verse. (laughs) Isn't that great? Just believe. Believing is so important to God because it impacts people. Listen. If I don't believe, how can they? That's how important it is. If I don't believe, how can they believe? Right? People see right through me. You don't really believe. You're right. But then when you believe, they'll look straight in your eyes. Like, oh my goodness. He really believes. She really believes. Their lives have been changed. See, in order for them to believe, I must believe. So let's go there for a moment as I finish up. Let's put our thinking caps on for a few minutes. Let's challenge our belief. Because I'll say this, it's not the truth that sets you free. It's truth believed that sets you free. There's truth flying around everywhere. You can, there's truth everywhere. Come on, that doesn't mean to believe it. It's truth believed that sets you free. Come on, just try it. People have a lot of truth in their brain, but their lives are never changed because they don't believe it. It's not the truth that sets you free. It's the truth believed. Don't leave yet. You can get mad at me, but I'm just telling you, that's, that's what I've come to the conclusion is that I, I gotta believe that truth. But not everyone believes the truth that's out there. It's flying around everywhere. So we need to think about it. Ask ourselves why we believe who we believe in Let's think about this. Just, I'm gonna give you a few things. I'm, I'm, all I'm doing is, is I'm getting you to some very general, I, I, what I want you to do is walk through the doorway. I just want you to believe a few things right here today that begins to get you through this doorway because I, this is what I found out. I think that, especially Christians sometimes, we don't think very critically. We don't really ask that. We don't really question our belief. We just like, well, I go to church. Well, just because we go to church doesn't make me a Christian. Just like, if I go in the garage, it doesn't make me a car, right? Just because I'm sitting here doesn't make me that thing. But I must come to the place where I, I'm able to question my belief. Think about the human body. If you take five or 10 minutes just to think about the body and the brain and do a little research, you will see God. The human body is an everyday miracle. The things that happen with the body, you just think about it. The brain processes more than a million messages in a second. So complex, it would take eternity to understand it. Nerve impulses traveling at 170 miles an hour. Uh, Our noses, not just for smell, they're responsible for thermal regulating the air we breathe in, keeping our bodies at the perfect temperature needed to stay alive. This is kind of gross, but we shed and regrow our skin every 27 days. That means uh, we have more than 1,000 skins in our lifetime. That's just, I don't even know where to put that in there. We are finely tuned, intricately made, carefully designed machine with all parts, all parts relying on each other to function in perfect unison. The human body is a brilliant masterpiece, a perfect puzzle that can only be attributed to a divine mastermind and intelligent designer. We were not made through a random cataclysmic event. We did not evolve from some tadpole. (laughs) we were made by someone so much more intelligent God do you believe do you believe think about it how about creation the big bang theory I believe in the big bang theory big God then bang (laughs) 
Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God. <laughs> in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's right there. Bang. Big God, big bang. And then he went to work for six days. Genesis 1, 2 through 3, it says, uh, the earth was formless and, and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. And now the entire universe speaks of God. It's a miracle. The earth alone displays the evidence of God. The, its size is perfect. It holds a thin layer of mostly nitrogen and oxygen gases, only extending about 50 miles above the earth's surface. If earth were smaller, an atmosphere would be impossible, like mercury. If earth were larger, its atmosphere would contain free hydrogen and would be impossible to live. Earth is the only known planet equipped with an atmosphere of the right mixture of gases to sustain plant, animal, and human life. It is the perfect distance from the sun. If the earth were any further away from the sun, we would all freeze. If it were any closer, we would burn up. Even a fractional variance in the earth's position to the sun would make life on earth impossible the earth remains the perfect distance from the sun while it rotates the sun at a speed of nearly 67,000 miles per hour. It's also rotating on its axis, allowing the entire surface of the earth to be properly warmed and sometimes a little overly cooled in northern Michigan every single day. Wow. You guys, wow. If you would just take a moment to read a good book about creation, about planets, and about everything that you see out there, the Bible says that, that the Godhead is revealed in creation. It says that in Romans, but it says, but they choose not to believe. Just go, go out in the woods, those you like to hunt, go, go fishing, um, look up in the stars, and you'll see this verse in Psalm 19:1 come to life. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Hey, do you believe? Do you believe? What about the Bible? Although it is by far the best-selling book of all time, and there's no other book that even comes close to it, sadly, it is the most unread book of all time. Wow. But listen to this. In it, you know, you know, because I'll tell you what, if our enemy can keep us from that book, he can get us stuck. And he can get us to delay the blueprint. If he can keep us away from the very powerful word of God, I'm telling you. And that's what he tries to do. Because in it holds treasures and wisdom to fulfill destiny, yet many rarely crack it open. Mainly because of materialism, immorality, intellectualism, and the unbelief of the miraculous. And this has caused people to, to listen, to be distracted away from this life-giving, power-living, devil-destroying word of God. Listen to this. It, to begin with, it is a collection of 66 books written by 40 different authors over a period of many centuries with one common thread of God's love and salvation to all people. The Bible presents a single gospel salvation from Genesis to Revelation from, again, all these people who never even met each other. Think about it. Yet they all wrote about the same God and wove the same theme of salvation through it all. One writer quotes, here's a book written by many authors living in different ages without possible concert or collusion producing a book which in all its parts is pervaded by one spirit, one doctrine, one design, and by an air of sublime authority, which is its peculiar characteristic. Such a book is a literary miracle. 
It is impossible to account for its existence upon any ordinary principle. God, (laughs) God, you try to write a book in the next 6,000 years (laughs) and gather 66 or 40 different authors and see if you come up with the same message. You won't, you won't. Do you believe? Almost done. What about Christianity? Christianity is the only religion that's different from all other religions of the world because of this one thing. It's God reaching down to save mankind. Every other religion is man trying to reach God. Christianity is God coming down to man. That's the, one of the biggest differences. All other religions teach people that they must somehow do righteous deeds or perform religious duties in order to be good enough for salvation. Remember what Jesus said? The only thing I want you to do is to believe in the one whom God has sent, right? The only thing. Some people have to dress a certain way. They have to visit some religious shrine or temple. They have to worship in a particular way. All of it is anti-gospel. True Christianity is the only faith where there's one way to heaven. I've said it before, but that testimony we saw weeks back about the girl who was from India, and she said, we worshiped. There were so many gods we had to worship, so many doorways we had to try to walk through. She goes, I'm so glad that there's only one. (laughs) It just makes it so much easier. I said, yes, that's right. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus said, I am the way. Now, Jesus said this. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. If mankind could have been reached, if mankind could have reached God any other way, Listen, if mankind could reach God any other way, Jesus would not have had to die. His, listen, voluntary death on the cross makes this fact even more compelling. Does everyone go to heaven? I wish with all of my heart they did. My goodness, I wish. But not everyone believes. If everyone goes to heaven, then Jesus' life and sacrifice means absolutely nothing. Please hear this. This is gonna rub people the wrong way in our society today because we want everyone to go to heaven. I want every single person to go to heaven to experience God. I do. I do, I do, I do, I do. So does God, that none should perish. But, But the truth is this, not everyone goes because they're trying to find another way, right? They're tr- they, they don't believe that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. They don't believe that he's the only doorway into heaven. If everyone goes to heaven, then Jesus' life and sacrifice means absolutely nothing, and he then would be considered a lunatic, a madman, or a liar, but I found, I found, when I believed that what Jesus said was true. And no one can ever take that from me. Jesus has changed my life. (laughs) Changed my life, and he keeps changing my life. Do you believe? What about Jesus? What about Jesus? Greatest question you can ever ask. No, the greatest question you can ever answer is when God says to you, who do you say that I am? God is here today asking you as we question our faith, who do you say that I am? That he is, right? They said he was a drunk. They said he was demon-possessed. They said he was a liar. They said he was just a man, a teacher, a prophet. And today, millions of people still have an opinion about him. But what do you say? Who do you say that he is? Matthew 16, 13 through 19, as we finish, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, 
Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by the flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Now look at this. And I tell you that, Peter, on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of Hazel will not overcome it. It's not over. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. How does that come? By believing. By believing. So many people want to bind and loose and they want to take authority when God, they don't have authority because they don't believe. Who do you say that I am? That's, you, that, you have to answer that. Now, I can't answer that for you. Who do you say that God is? It's where it all starts. As you can see, our lives depend on believing. What we believe in and who we believe in. And when you believe and believe again and believe again and believe again, because by the way, it's not a one-time believe. I gave my heart to the Lord in 1994, but I still have to believe I still have to believe. I still see mountains in front of me. I still, I still have doorways that, that, that look scary to me because I don't know what's behind that door, but I still have to walk through that doorway. I still have to believe again and again and again and again because eventually believing will be like breathing. <laughs> no problem. God's got it. I trust him. I've seen him work over and over and over again. He's faithful. I see his faithfulness in creation. I see the fact that he loves me so much. He gave me this body. He, he's, he loves me. Even when I sleep, he takes care of me. How does that work? Ahab chose his own path, his own way, because he didn't believe. Jehoshaphat believed and chose God's way. And look, look at this picture again. I just want to see this. There he is. There he is. There he is. So happy, so joyful because he followed God. Believing was not another business transaction to him. Believing was friendship with God. It is knowing and feeling the very presence of a loving father. So how does someone see their destiny fulfilled? How does someone see their blueprint unfold? Believe, believe, believe. Say believe. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much, God, for just believing. Oh God, today, if, anything, if we hear anything, I pray that we would see you as that approachable, understandable, loving God, full of grace, not demanding, but just available and ready to walk towards and believe. And I don't know what you're believing for, but whatever you're believing for, Please approach that kind of guy. Please approach that kind of God. Please approach your heavenly father. Approach him because he's approachable. He will, he will not humiliate you. He will not turn you down. Matter of fact, he loves faith so much. He says, come boldly. What do you need? Come boldly. Last week we saw that when, when James and John said, said, we want you to give us what you want and Jesus didn't rebuke them. He says, well, what do you want? That's, that's our God. So this isn't just a message to tickle your ears. This is a message to get you to do something. This is a message for, not, for you not only to ask, seek, but this is a message for you to start walking through that door. This is a message for you 
to say, you know what? Hmm. I feel like God's got something else for me. Not, not a different place, but a different faith, a greater faith, right? And it all comes from believing, believing. So let's just, let's just take a few moments. Just, uh, we're, we're finishing right now, but I want you to think about, obviously think about Jesus. He's the foundation. We stand firm because of him. But I also want you to think about your future. When you think about, about what God might show you as a glimpse for, for your future. Because the, the passions of your heart are the things you believe, but he just needs you to start walking, praying, trusting. Be confident in who he is and be confident in who you are. Man, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. So Lord, all of these minds and hearts right now in this moment, I pray for a powerful, powerful clarity inside of them that makes them come alive, makes them joyful again, brings peace and gives them hope for the future and shows them that they have great purpose to impact people for your glory, God. I just pray for that when they sleep tonight, God. Let them have dreams that affirm what you want them to do. God, just show them the glimpses and pictures, God, while they sleep, visions in the day and night. God, I'm trusting you, Holy Spirit, that you take this short little message with information and you bring transformation to our lives. God, we love you, praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.